Hello, I'm Sarah Vine, and this is Sarah Vine's Humour Half Hour for Mail Plus. I'm joined this week, as every week, by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. Coming up on today's show, are books, TV and film finally reflecting that life after 40 exists for women? Anyway, we'll be talking to Alexandra Potter, one of a wave of best-selling writers who are seeing their books about 40-something love go to the top of the charts. Plus, are supplements actually doing us any good? We'll be talking to Dr. Lenia Patel and asking if we ought to think before we buy. Imogen, I have to say that I take so many supplements. In fact, can I just say what happened to Is me yesterday? Is your wee brown well, due to the amount of supplements I, you're taking? I got up very early because I had to do an early thing mm. and I chucked down a whole load of supplements mm. and then I was walking down to the tube and then I just threw up. <gasps> oh, I've done that so before. Because I'd obviously taken some vitamin C or something yeah. and my stomach was like, no. I think if you take a B on an empty stomach. Something like that. And yes. It was really embarrassing. I had to throw up outside Metro Bank. <laughs> Well, so you couldn't it say it was morning yellow. You couldn't say it was morning no, sickness. So I'm too old for that. It's obviously not going to be morning sickness. So, <laughs> so it was awfully embarrassing. All the builders were looking at me. Oh, my God. So anyway, that's been my week. How's yours? <laughs> well, talking about being elderly. So my daughter was 18 on that's Monday. That's ancient. She's very old. Time to yes. retire her. Yes. Kick her out. Get her to stop paying rent. Oh, God. If only... <laughs> If only she just tidy her room. I mean, that's the basics. Do you know what? I collected 17 glasses this morning. Oh, my goodness. You sort of wonder, where have all the forks gone? Yeah. Uh, my daughter went through a phase of throwing them in the bin by mistake. Oh, when she would yes. throw yeah, teaspoons. Just, yeah, teaspoons. There were never any teaspoons. No, they were gone. And I realised what was happening was yeah. that they were being thrown in the bin yes. by mistake. Well, at least she's doing some tidying by throwing away. Yes. yes. Anyway, so how did the 18th go? 18th. I, I saw you put on Instagram, but Beatrice, my daughter, who's 20, yeah. was very cross with me because she wanted to have what Allegra had, which was a oh. bottle of champagne yeah. and chocolates. And chocolates. From uh, Fortnum with her name on it. Yes. yes. Well, that, well, that, well, because obviously aged 18 in the middle of A-levels on a bank holiday Monday, mm. there's not very much you can do. I tried to get some flowers delivered, couldn't even do that. Mm. So that's all we did. And then I took her out to supper and that's that. But nothing makes you feel old more than that. Although, <laughs> I did go out with her yesterday and some really annoying woman handed me a QR code right. to review the orthodontists. Right. Yes, which obviously I'm not going to do no, anyway. why would you do that? No, yeah. exactly. So then, because I was reluctant to pick up the QR code, because mm. there's nothing more boring than having also to review having something. Also, having just paid all the money. Yes. No. I don't, I don't want to review no. you. It's like every time you buy anything anywhere on the internet, anywhere, you always get a stupid email saying, would you like, tell us how we did. No. No, I'm not interested in how you did. If you didn't do well, you'll know about it. But otherwise, <laughs> assume it's fine. Otherwise, trot on. <laughs> Trot on and keep going. Anyway, so this woman handed me the QR code and I was reluctant to pick it up, obviously, because I'm not going to review her. Anyway, then she handed it to my daughter and went, I know these things are quite tricky for us oldies. So why don't you help mummy with the QR code? No. Mm. No. And I How got, about no? Yeah. So as you know, when I get very cross... No, we go all silent and strange. Mm, and didn't say a oh, word. Well, yes. So you won't be going back to that orthodontist? No, no, I won't. They can all have crooked teeth. I don't care. <laughs> Starring midlife heroines. That's us, Imogen. Is it? Yes. <laughs> Good. Finding love are <laughs> topping the charts, and women in their 50s are being cast in Roncons. Is the world finally ready to accept that life and love is not over at 40? Our next guest is Alexandra Potter, whose book, Confessions of a 40 something <gasps> F Up, mm. Ooh. is one of the bestsellers <laughs> leading the charge. Alexandra, hello. I love that you have the F word oh, I... in the title of your book. It's very good. 
I know. It's How did you get that past the publishers? Well, there was much discussion, <laughs> wasn't there, not, Alex, did about they, that? Did they there not? was a lot of discussion, but in the end, they were very enthusiastic about that title. Mm. Because I think it just, it kind of says it all. Right? Also, mm. lovely alliteration. Yes. Yes. I also think it's a sort of good litmus test because often when you write any of these books that you think they're going to be quite punchy and hardcore, someone writes on Amazon, oh, this is so mean. Well, yes. I really <laughs> didn't like it. Yes. I mean, the characters are so awful and so horrid to each other. And if at least if you've got the F word in your title, it means, well, those people aren't going to pick it up. It's discounted. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah, I think the people that picked that book up totally got that character yeah. and related to the character. So, yes. yeah, no, it was a good title. I mean, I think you should also write a sequel, Confessions of a 50-something, <laughs> starring me well, and Imogen. Trust um, me, that one's coming soon. <laughs> but also yours has been made into a TV show mm. yes, in America. Yes, yes. Have they really kept the title? Exciting. They couldn't keep the title. They loved the title, but it was for network telly. Right. So they had to be careful. So they've called it Not Dead Yet. Yes. But so tell me, I mean, Imogen's written a very, very funny book called Have You Got Anything Stronger about yes, um, an all, I know, a it's similarly a great title. Thank you, my love. I think the idea that women, because in the past we used to just be dismissed as hysterical and mm. mad and menopausal, which of course we all are. We are, yeah. But now everyone seems to be finding it quite entertaining, which is, is also. Well, I think it's also real, isn't it? Definitely the feedback I've got from my book is that People like to read about real life mm. and their own lives. And also, lives don't finish when you're 35. No. They go on and lots of things happen and they want to read about it. They don't want to feel like they're just dismissed and it's kind of like, you know, game over. Because mm. it's not. No. And is it mostly women who read your books, do you think? It's mostly women. Though I've had a couple of brilliant messages from guys that have read the book. Oh, yes. Um, As re who, for research. Who, <laughs> just, I think a couple picked it up by accident on Audible okay. and then listened to it and got really into it. But uh, yeah, it's mostly women, I would say. And do you think it's being sort of christened frazzle lit, which I think is quite amusing, actually. Uh, <laughs> do you think it's because you, in the olden days, were a big commercial women's writer? Do you think it's because we've still carried on writing and haven't been put back in our box that we're now actually finally writing something beyond what we did before. Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, back in the day we were writing, you know, what they call chiclet mm. and it was all about 20-somethings trying to find the guy. And now I think it's more about trying to find yourself mm. and... Or 50 or trying to get rid of the guy. Life. Yeah, and the guy's, not, the, <laughs> the guy's not really important anymore so much. You know, it's about all the other stuff yes. that we're doing. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think it's also about accepting. I think there's a lot more acceptance. The point about women over 40 was that even 20 years ago, they were sort of expected to disappear. Yes, they? that's Quietly, true. Yeah. Just go off and die in a corner mm. and don't make a fuss. Or, don't make too much noise about it. Yes, exactly. Yes. Because it's all right. Whereas now there's a sense that we're still red. In fact, you know, look at Kylie Minogue. She's 55. Mm. Well, look at all And she's the, at the top at of the, the charts. Look at Kylie. Look yeah. at all the 90s supermodels. They're all yeah. still out there and they're in their 50s. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And there's, I think, I think I was just talking to my mum because my mum's 84. Oh, right. And she said that it's so different now. She said, exactly what you're saying, we just kind of had to disappear. Yeah. And now there's way more conversation. There's lots of women, you know, in their 40s and 50s and 60s out there. Look at someone like Helen Mirren yeah. you know, in the 70s. And it's completely changed. Jane Fonda, 84, talking mm. about sex in the paper. Yes, yes, yeah. I just saw that. Mm. So it's 
the climate's changed. Mm. It's but, completely but it's, changed and, and it's good. I, I also think it's to do with money, obviously, because... And Botox. Well, Botox, <laughs> but, but also... And HRT. And HRT, true. But I think it's mainly to do with money because all these people are businesses. And so if yes. Confessions of a 40-something hmm, up didn't sell, they wouldn't print it. So yes. I think, weirdly, women in their 50s have got much more money yeah. than they used to. So therefore, their purchasing power is higher and therefore they're well, worth because marketing we're, Because to. we all carried on working, yeah, you exactly. see, because our mothers gave up work. So when they got to their 50s, they didn't have any independent money no. of their own, whereas no. my generation does have their own money. They can, they yeah, are. Yeah, they call it the grey pound or yes. something. Grey? Yeah, I <laughs> Not that we're grey yet, but I think pound. They should be rude. They call it in advertising. <laughs> grey? We're not grey over the age of 50, are we? No, well, I'm a bit no. grey, but I'm As I know you are, darling, but that's a fashion statement. And it's a fashion statement, yes. It is. Now, that's the other thing, is that having grey hair has now become a fashion statement. Yes, I've it's seen quite those. interesting. I've seen mm, some yeah. on Instagram, yes. Yeah. So it's interesting. The women that go grey, yeah. Yeah, deliberately. Um, deliberately. Did you think that there was no reflection of you in literature, and was that one of the main reasons why you decided to write Confessions? Absolutely, yes. I looked around at what was out there, and there was nobody writing about my age group no. and all my friends, and we used to talk about it. And also the feeling of we might not have ticked the boxes, and we were still figuring things out, and we were still getting things wrong. And I just couldn't see it out there, so I, I wanted to write a book that really told it like it is and put all the characters in there. And the feedback I've got has been fantastic. Books always used to just end, didn't they? Like, uh, and they lived happily ever after. Yes. And they lived happily. <laughs> Dear reader, I married him. Dear reader, I married him. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, who cares what happens next? Yes. But now we're doing the what happens next, I guess. And yeah, I, well, you see that also in TV. I think for some reason in detective novels, there have always been quite a lot of older ladies. Feisty old ladies. Feisty older ladies. Well, I think when something like Cold Feet came mm. back and it mm. had all the characters in their 30s starting out and then mm. we were seeing them all in their 50s mm. when life's kind of got in the way and mm. lots of stuff's going on. And it was a huge hit. Mm. And I was like, okay, so where are the books like this? Mm. That's true. And Happy Valley and all that stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So do you think the whole sort of frazzle lit is a genre that's going to keep on going? Yeah, absolutely. I think that now... There's so many people out there that want to read these kind of books. There's so many women that are older in their <clears> 40s and 50s and they want to see themselves reflected in these books. And it's becoming a really popular genre. Mm. And I think and, we're going to see more and more of I it. Mean, the logical progression from this is decrepitude lit about sort of 85-year-old <laughs> ladies lit. doing the OAP lit. Do you think that's coming down the line? <laughs> Why? Well, I suppose well, we are all living longer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, my character in my book's in her 80s mm. and she's living life. Oh, I know, so we I, could call it crypt lit. Crypt lit. <laughs> That's very funny. Better late than never late. <laughs> yes, yes. But also, as you know, 80% of books are bought by yeah, women. So that's yes. probably, that is the main well, reason. We're the only ones who can read. The men yes. can't read. But the men don't, they can read. The men don't even read the literature at all, unless it's written by other men. Do no, you know that? very true. Yes, yes. It's written by other men. <laughs> yes. So you've got another one out. Yes. I had a, another book come out called One Good Thing, mm. which again, the heroine is in her 40s. Right. She's got divorced. She thinks life's over. And actually, it's just begun and she goes off and, you know, starts a whole new life. And then I've got more confessions coming out in the summer. And I just love writing about all the characters, you know. What for you are the major themes of women of that age in this day and age? I had a chapter in a book in Confessions, the first one about it was called What's Your Superpower? Mm. And the main character suddenly is invisible to like workmen. They're not shouting out at her mm. anymore. And, 
and her friend in her 80s says, you know, that's your superpower now, being sort of invisible to that kind of stuff, mm. cat calls. And he's actually means you can go out there and do what you want, say what you want, wear what you want. And there is that feeling of you don't really care as much about what people think. Mm. And it gives you this fantastic freedom. And that's what I want to write about in the books. Mm. Mm. I think that's to do with the menopause. Well, you always say I've that. You always say that the lack of the nice hormone that comes in. I'm sure it's <laughs> true. I'm sure yeah, it's Because I don't take HRT and I honestly don't care what anyone thinks of me. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's fine. You can think what you like. <laughs> and how free are you now? So free. Are you? I mean, I'm quite rude these days. Yes, you, you are. I always used to be a nice, polite person and wanted people to like me. But now, frankly, I don't care. <laughs> really genuinely. I think what's been really great is the sort of power of saying no. Yeah. So whereas before you'd be invited to things and you had to say yeah. yes or give an explanation, now you can just say yeah. no. Go in your pyjamas if you want to. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, you're just going to go straight home to bed anyway. So <laughs> might as well get ahead of the game. True. What's your television show? Have you seen any of the clips of it yet? Have you Who's seen in it? Yeah, it's actually out now in uh, the UK on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. It came out May the tenth. Right. So I have to. I've yeah, been following it on Instagram. Actually. What is it? What is it? Who's the star? It's, it's kind of a. It's it's sort of a sitcom, really. It's a half hour yeah. sitcom. The star of the show is Gina Rodriguez. Oh, yes. oh yeah. And then they've got a really great cast, and they've changed it. Well, I won't give the. There's a little twist that they've added to it, which is really fun for every episode because there's a brilliant guest star in every episode. Okay. And there's 13 episodes and it, it's really good fun. And how was it working with having your book adapted for Telebox? It was very surreal. It was crazy. I went out to LA and watched them film it oh, crazy. and uh, met the actors and the producers and stuff. And it was, it was a bit like Cinderella going to the ball. You sort of went there and then you came home and put your pyjamas on. Did they recognise your, I mean, were you sort of the queen or were you just... Did they applaud you know, really your nice. arrival on set? Well, when I went there, I thought, oh, I'm going to really get in the way. They're all busy filming. And the producer was so nice and he took me around all these sound stages and he just kept saying, you know, this is Alex. You know, she wrote the book. She's the reason why we're here. And he said it to everybody. So it was so nice yeah. that everybody was like, you know, thank you so much. We love doing the show. Quite a few people have read the book. A lot yeah. of the actors have read the book. So it's been a really nice experience. That's fantastic. God, you never hear that. No, <laughs> no I know. It's All been, I it's, ever it's, hear is, oh, I've had great. my book optioned and then two years later, nothing's happened. Oh, nothing's well, happened. that's what usually happens. <laughs> yes, or <laughs> they destroy it. Life. Or they yeah. destroy it yeah. and you end up crying <laughs> behind the sofa, rocking backwards and forwards, going, <laughs> they've ruined my baby. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Alexandra. And your new book is, out, is already out, was out, in fact, last Thursday. Yes, One Good Thing's out. Last Thursday and More Confessions is out in August. Oh my goodness, you're a busy lady. I know. But you know what? It's actually nice because I've gone through periods where there's just nothing going on work-wise. Mm. So it's nice to be busy again. Many of us struggle with eating five portions of fruit and vegetables a day. Well, my teenagers do. Yes. I'm quite good at it, actually. And they try to bridge the gap by taking supplements and vitamins. But recently, the industry has come under fire, with some people saying that the little pills do nothing or little or nothing for you and that they are a waste of money. So here to shed some light on that is Dr. Linia Patel, registered dietitian and sports nutritionist. Hi, Linia. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Now, I am, I have to say, an inveterate vitamin popper. Are you a pill popper? Yeah, oh. I am. Because, I don't know, I take vitamin D because my doctor says I have no vitamin D, literally none. Every time I have a blood test, they go, ah, you've got no vitamin <laughs> D. Quick, take some vitamin D. So I do that. I take zinc, 
because I'm always ill. And someone said to me, if you take zinc, that helps with your immune system. And then I do take a multivitamin. But the other day, as I was saying earlier to Imogen, I took it too early in the day and then I threw up in the streets. I know, which is very attractive. But anyway, the whole point is, I mean, we do spend a lot of money. I don't know what the, actually, I don't know what the, do you know, Dr. Linear, what the amount of money spent a year on this sort of stuff is? I don't know the exact number, but what I do know is that 40% of us in the UK take some sort of supplement. Mm. So almost half of us. Mm. And what's your view? I mean, are they really a waste of money? Well, you know what? That's a fantastic question. And what, can I say, pisses me off? Yes, you (laughs) certainly can. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What really pisses me off sometimes is the statements that come out by, you know, professors and scientists that kind of just oversimplify things and Mm. say we can't, supplements don't work because that is absolutely an oversimplification. Mm. There are specific supplements that do have a role, like Sarah, you mentioned vitamin D, for example. Mm -hmm. And there's specific groups like pregnant women or breastfeeding women or perhaps even just people who are not getting in enough fruit and vegetables that actually might benefit from taking some supplements. So Mm. I think that what we've got to do with supplements is be very aware that there's, I think there's 90,000 different types of supplements Mm. out there. Wow. So it is a minefield, but we've got to make sure that we are not necessarily saying they're a complete waste of time. Mm. I have some friends who are like obsessed with living forever. So it's that sort of youth culture Mm. thing. And they take these sort of greens in the morning with the cod liver royal with their this and their that and then they eat that I keep thinking surely there's a point when you've over vitamined yourself is that possible you know it is possible and I think you know I wear different hats so I'm a public health researcher Mm -hmm. and also a sports nutritionist and I work in performance so I guess if I'm wearing my performance nutrition hat on, that's what your friends are doing, mm. right? They probably eat a decent enough diet, but they're Always, looking yeah. to supplements to kind of fill that gap. Mm. And perhaps looking to get that added benefit of perhaps some of the greens or the supplements mm. that they're taking. And so that for me is, okay, if you're taking some sort of multivitamin, that's fine because it comes, it's a combination of different nutrients. If it's not super high doses, then you're not necessarily going to be doing yourself a disfavor. Mm. But the problem comes in is when you're taking mega doses of stuff, Mm. or perhaps you're taking individual nutrients and you don't necessarily have a proven deficiency. Mm -hmm. So I do work with supplementing individual nutrients in my clinical practice, but that's very much on a one-to-one basis. Yeah. You know, so I was going to say, if you're going for multiple formulas, no problem. But if you're going for individual mm. nutrients and you probably want to be talking to a health professional to get that absolutely right for you. Mm. I mean, the other thing to say is that there's a lot of talk about soil depletion and the <gasps> fact that our food doesn't really contain as many nutrients as it used to. Mm. Is that a factor? Yeah, that's such a good question. You know, so... Being a dietitian, food first all the way, Mm. right? But I'm also very realistic and we're living in a fast-paced world and Mm. people have very busy lifestyles. Even I, as a dietitian, don't eat well all the time. Mm. And then add to that, like you've rightly said, intense farming, soil nutrients being depleted mean that perhaps our spinach or broccoli, which have been much higher magnesium 50 years ago, actually probably doesn't contain the same amount of magnesium Mm. now. And that is a reality. And so we could be perhaps eating a healthy, balanced diet, but their particular nutrients might be lower. Mm. Magnesium being a good example. Now, magnesium is something that helps in kind of nerve and muscular function. It chills us out a little Mm. bit. It also helps support a healthy immune system. Mm. And pretty much every organ needs a bit of magnesium. So if 
perhaps we might not be deficient in it and seeing the clinical manifestations of magnesium deficiency. But what I definitely see more and more in my clinical practice is these invisible deficiencies where perhaps people are not necessarily performing at their optimum mm. because they're not getting But also presumably it. everybody's different in the amount of stuff that they need. I mean, for example, I have an underactive thyroid mm. and the way that's measured is a very blunt instrument. You know, they'll yeah. do your TSH and then they'll say, well, it's fine, but actually you know that it's not fine because mm. you're exhibiting all the symptoms. And so I think that sort of one size fits all thing is also a bit of a red herring. How much of this general malaise that we have is to do with processed food? Because mm. I think processed food is the root of so much. The devil's of, work. Is so much the root of so much evil mm. in, in our diets and mm. also undoubtedly partly the cause of the obesity epidemic. What's your view on that? Well, it's very topical. And I think, again, we are at danger of oversimplifying things. So mm. if I put my public health hat on, so ultimately, as a dietitian, I'm going to be wanting you to eat whole foods, you know, healthy, balanced diet, and I'm going to be wanting you to eat less of what we call the ultra processed foods, right? So it's these foods that are super refined, have lots of different additives mm. and emulsifiers. So those be the ultra processed Well, this foods. is where it's tricky in science because the classification of that is not super good. Mm. And so, for example, some of the breakfast cereals would fall under ultra processed mm. foods. But I also know, you know, as part of my um, research, I look at what we call dietary inequality. So it's all very well us sitting here and saying, don't eat ultra processed foods. But we know that those in lower socioeconomic groups mm. in the UK, they don't eat as well. They eat less fruit and vegetables, less oily fish, less legumes. And actually, they're relying on some things like cereals to get some of their B vitamins. Because they'll be added to mm. the cereal. Exactly. Yeah. They're mm. fortified with it. You know, so I think, again, sweeping statements are not very useful because mm. we've got to put them into context. So, mm. yes, I'm perhaps saying, OK, you know what? Cereals are perhaps ultra processed. But if they are a source of you actually being able to eat, you know, mm. food poverty is something that's happening mm. around our country in increasing levels. Mm. Then perhaps what can you add to that? Add some fruit, add an apple chopped up. Mm. Then at least I'm adding some more vitamins, minerals, mm. fiber, phytochemicals that are then at least helping me get more nutrients mm. from it. So, yes, we need to eat less ultra-processed foods, but I think it's context-specific, super context-specific. And, and, and what sort of stuff would you think, if I was to go out and go out, okay, I'm going to do one thing, would it be more oily fish? Would it be omega-3? Would it be uh, a multivit? What would be the one thing that I should do in order to live beyond 55? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> I would say we need to eat more vegetables and fruit. Mm. And so, you know, the last public health survey showed that only a third of us are eating our recommended five portions mm. a day and one in 10 children not eat, are, are getting it. So eat more vegetables and fruit, I think, is one way. You get more fiber, you get more of these plant compounds that are so good for us, those phytonutrients, the, the different colors in all the different yeah. types of foods that help protect our body and also decrease a lot of the diseases that are associated with us getting older. Yeah. And can I ask a question? Frozen fruit and veg, does the frozen stuff have the same level of nutrients in it or, it, or is it, it not as good? It absolutely does. And sometimes maybe even a little bit more. Really? How's you know, that? So, well, because vitamins are very delicate and they decrease in concentration with light, with heat and with time. Mm. And so frozen fruit and vegetables very often are taken straight out of the farm and they are then processed immediately. Mm. 
And so when you think perhaps of other vegetables that are picked and then they're standing in one of our supermarkets under a bright light for a long period of time. So you could argue that actually frozen fruit and vegetables have higher amounts of vitamin C, for example. Well, that's interesting because so, they're much cheaper, aren't they? Yeah, yes. Of course, cheaper, they last yep. much longer. Mm. Exactly. And you can have, you know, the stuff that is not in season mm. yeah. still in your freezer. So no, my f- freezer always has frozen fruit and vegetables because I think that's a fantastic way of us getting in more of our fruit and vegetables in an inexpensive way. And if you microwave them, does that kill everything in them or is that okay? Yeah. Because my son likes to microwave them. Is that wrong? Well, cooking, um, obviously different ways that we cook affects how much of the vitamins are going to be in our food. And we know that steaming is the best way to, to retain vitamins. But you know what, Sarah, I think the issue is, is on a public health level, we're just not eating enough fruit and mm. vegetables. Just get them down. So them. whether you microwave <laughs> yeah. them, Who you're cares? stewing them, uh, you're putting them in the Shovel oven, them in. eating them raw, <laughs> shovel them in. Exactly. That's my yeah. message. Loud what about here. tinned veg? Sorry, I'm just yeah. asking because I think a lot of people think tinned is a cheap way of having veg. Is it good for you? Yeah. And ultimately the processing of that would again decrease mm. the amount of vitamins in there. But you know, for me, you're still getting some fiber in there. Mm. In the UK, we're not eating enough fiber. Mm. The recommendations are that we need to eat 30 grams a day. Right. And in the last survey, we were only eating 19. Right. And fiber should be your best friend. Yes. Um, and there's something that fills you up for longer. So it helps keep your waist in check, but also helps you control your blood sugar levels, decreases mm. your risk of a lot of diseases. So again, fruit and vegetables, if they are coming in the tinned, you might not be getting as much vitamin C, but you know what? You're getting fiber mm. and fiber is your friend. So the wellness industry is huge and they're marketing sort of gullible people like me, like crazy, telling me I should do this, I should do that. What's the one thing that makes you actually laugh? The idea that we're doing, like, can you can you shovel in? When a client collagen? comes to you and says, oh, I'm taking astrakhanda, yes, or, or whatever. I'm, I'm living on cheer and it's making me really happy. What do you just... So inside, just laugh. Yes. What's what's the thing that you think? No. There's so many. I mean, I we don't have enough time to tell you all the crazy things that some of what's my, the funniest um, fact yes, that you've come across. What's the most biggest across? dud that you've come across? You thought, oh my god, not that again. Not that again. Um, oh, you've put me on the spot. Yeah. Um, collagen is coming into my head. I've got yeah, loads and- of collagen supplements, and I still look like a prune. Is that? <laughs> is that? You know. Also, can you collagen your hips? Do you know what I mean? The idea, Sarah's always complaining that every part of her aches. Every part of my body So, hurts. So if you take lots of collagen, it says, you know, oh, you can move like Nadia Comaneci. That's how old I am. <laughs> I was <laughs> told that turmeric could make me move. Turmeric? Like, yes. But how much do I actually have to eat of the stuff in yes. order for me to... You have to eat about seven teaspoons of the well, stuff. Well, I go right? actually yellow. Yes. yes. The other day yeah. I had a terrible turmeric accident and managed to spill it all over my white linen trousers and they've just not recovered. That's it. The new. Yeah, that's yeah. it. They're done. Yes. But so turmeric, seven teaspoons of it to even seven. start having an effect. You know, really? so I would say with turmeric, just add it to lots of different things. So I add it to my scrambled eggs. Yeah. If I'm making any vegetables, I put it in my vegetables. But yeah. you know, there's no turmeric shot that's going to be your no. um, your magic bullet. It makes everything go a very pretty color. I have mm. to say, exactly. Yeah, if you put exactly. it in rice, it makes it very pretty mm. and yellow. I have a turmeric grinder. There's like you can get like a pepper. Like, you have a, a turmeric grinder. Yes. You, yeah. Oh my it's god! One of those cooks, What's going on in your house? It's one house? of the waitress cooks ingredients <laughs> thing. You can yeah. just you can just grind the turmeric. But yeah, so you well, have to take an awful thing, lot of it. Again, what we've got here is you know lots of people have bits of information about mm. okay, turmeric is good for you, collagen is good for you, right? And the supplement industry in general 
is not a regulated industry. So no. people can get away with making some very bold and extravagant claims that mm. are not necessarily validated or backed up by science. Mm. And then add to that that you get celebrities who are then drinking water that has got collagen in and, and they perhaps have had some work done to their face and mm. yet they're saying it's a supplement that I'm taking, you know. So, <laughs> so it is a very tricky world to navigate. Mm. And I would say that it comes back to the fact that if you are thinking of dabbling in the extra stuff that is not a multivitamin, perhaps, and you are really wanting to see an effect, then perhaps you do reach out and get some professional help that can kind of give yeah, you I mean, that Yeah, I mean, is it worth it. just having, I mean, is there such a thing as, can you just have a blood test that will say, this is what you need to take? Because if you think about it, if you spent £150 on a blood test mm. and then bought the right thing, then you'd save yourself a lot of money, wouldn't mm. you? Because you look at most people's vitamin supplements covered. They're full of stuff. Yes, but also you're full of stuff that you start off with great optimism yeah, and then that you're you going take to take it. every day. And then you, you spend a huge yeah. amount of money on pills and you go, oh my God, that's going to make me feel so much better. You take them for 10 days, you feel nothing. So you think, well, I yeah. bugger those, I can't be bothered. <laughs> so I think, again, what we've got here is, okay, you can't replace a healthy, balanced diet with yeah. taking some pills. That's for sure. Then the second thing is, is that, okay, it's got to be something that fits into your lifestyle yeah. to make you want to keep on doing it. And it's going to make you feel better. But a lot, sometimes a lot of these supplements, what happens is that you say they're taking turmeric, but you're not taking it in the right amount. Yeah. When you're not taking it in the presence of black pepper, which helps the absorption. So yeah. actually it's not really going to make you feel better Didn't because you're not getting the maximum yeah. benefits. Black pepper? Didn't know that. Pepper. Yeah, there awesome. we go. It's like you so have to take iron with vitamin C, don't yes. you? Otherwise, that doesn't exactly. work either. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, just one other thing quickly. Can I ask you about those fizzy vitamin C things, the effervescent mm. vitamin C that my family seems it's to just be, sugar. seems to be addicted to? And all that happens is bright orange urine. Do they actually do anything? Surely they just go straight through you. Well, there is an element of that. So what we've got here is within the vitamin world, you've got some that are water soluble and mm. some that are fat soluble. So vitamin B vitamins and vitamin C will be water soluble. So that means that if you are taking some, what your body's not absorbing passes through your urine, which mm. is why you then end up having expensive urine. Mm. And so perhaps your body will absorb some of them. But again, mm. it comes back to this idea that, you know, like in any industry, there are going to be some supplements that are better quality, better absorption, more bioavailable than others. So, yeah, I mean, if you like the taste, then fine. But again, I would ask the question, what is it being sweetened with? Because this is another big thing in the nutrition world now is that we're all being told that sugar is bad for us. And absolutely, we're eating far too much sugar. So then we've had a sugar tax kind of being brought in. And as a result, we're getting many more sweeteners coming mm. into mm. our food supply. And the research is showing more and more that artificial sweeteners are not that much better for us if they are taken habitually. Mm. So it comes back to the fact that, you know, perhaps your family might be better off having a nice orange or some berries with their breakfast and perhaps mm. having a nice cup of tea if they're using that to hydrate them. A lot of people are very reluctant to have smoothies and things because they think the sugar content is so high. I was always told that you shouldn't have a smoothie because it's just basically sugar. Is that right? I mean, like a fresh, depends, fresh fruit smoothie? So it depends where your smoothie is coming from. Oh. You know, are you making it yourself at home? I made a smoothie for myself at home this morning. I had a whole banana, some uh, blueberries. I did put in some protein powder in there and some flax seeds and things like that. So actually, because I'm putting in all the whole fruit, the fiber, mm. again, that magic word is staying in there. So actually, that's quite a nice, easy, convenient, balanced meal because I was eating on the run. So I needed to mm. drink my nutrition rather than eat mm. it. But if I was to buy that smoothie in the supermarket, 
because it's mass produced to make it nice and fluid, they're going to be adding lots of more fruit juice in it. Mm. So then it starts counting as some of your free sugars. So again, it depends. And so I'm really passionate about when you give advice, personalizing it a little bit rather than mm-hmm. writing these sweeping statements because there's always a context and mm. a story to, to it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of a soup myself. Are you? I like Ooh, a soup. Oh, yes. So celery juice, which is another thing that I... Look at her face. I've been doing celery juice, have I? I'm the idiot who takes celery yeah. juice. Yeah, just eat celery. I was, I was always told that celery took more calories to digest than it did actually give you, that it was one of those sort of negative... It's a negative equity. (laughs) Negative equity food, yes. Yeah, and it is one of those foods, you're right. Um, But there are also some plant compounds in celery that are thought to have all these benefits in terms of... I only ever eat celery in a Bloody Mary, I'll be honest. Ah, So then I'm also getting tomatoes and... Mm. uh, That's your five a day right there. That's my five a day right there. There we go. In a Bloody Mary. That works. And is there such a thing, because we've... There's so many sort of urban not urban myths what are they called yeah, urban myths um, what about alkaline food and acid food and you know the reason why celery is so good for you is it's because it's an alkaline food it so not? it's supposed to take away the heat of like alcohol which is an acid I mean is this rubbish it's absolute rubbish <gasps> I love you <laughs> oh, I think well, no, you know, okay, 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 let, me, let me not also make sweeping statements because <laughs> no, okay, no, so if we think we of it <laughs> if, if we think of it so the, the alkaline foods your plants your plant based foods in general mm. are to alkalinize your body and then acidic foods are more like your meat mm. or refined carbohydrates now the body is amazing because the body already does its own acid base balance okay and that's what you're kind of kidney needs are for. And so actually, if you're eating a healthy, balanced diet, you don't need to be super worried about alkalizing, mm. alkalizing it or mm. an acid. Obviously, there's different circumstances where somebody might need to include more of an alkaline food than others. But that's a very clinical, specific condition. But for the majority of us, healthy, balanced eating and your acid alkaline levels are going to be just right. You don't Perfect. need to kind of worry then about and- um, getting in Extra Sorry, another question. I'm so I'm like a sort of excited schoolgirl. Um, <laughs> another question: gut biome. That was another big sort of fashionable thing. Mm. You know, we can't absorb our food because we don't have the right gut mm. biome. Is this true? That is absolutely true. So, what's interesting? So, when I studied um, nutrition 15 or so years ago, that we didn't even learn about that in university. Mm. And then the last, I would say, 10ish years. It's kind of the big thing in nutrition, you know. So our gut bacteria basically are the ones that rule our health. They're the ones that don't just digest the food, but they determine what hormones are made. They determine your metabolism. They determine everything about you. So when you eat, you've got to not just think about what you're eating for yourself. You've got to think about what you're eating to nourish your gut bacteria. Mm. And those gut bacteria love plant-based foods. Fiber. So giving your bacteria fiber is like giving a five-year-old a box of Smarties. They Mm. go crazy for the stuff. (laughs) They love different colors Mm. of fruit and vegetables. So that's why dietitians and nutritionists talk about eating the rainbow. And what they don't really like is too much sugar, Mm. too much processed foods, um, lots of alcohol, and a very, very high saturated fat diet Mm. or artificial sweeteners. Mm. So again, it comes back to balance, but focusing more on what they do like. So you're kind of nourishing your gut. And so would you say that supplementing your gut biome is just broadly speaking quite a good idea? So that's an interesting question because when we talk about gut microbiome, 
we talk about these things called probiotics, which Mm. are basically the bacteria that are living in our gut. And so you would think that if I want to have more of the good bacteria in my gut, I should be taking a probiotic, okay? But what's interesting, the research is showing that your gut bacteria, basically think of it like a beautiful ecosystem, like a rainforest in the Amazon, okay? With all these different species. Now, when you're taking a probiotic supplement, you might only have four species in that probiotic supplement. And so you're then populating your gut specifically with those just four species. So again, because it works in this beautiful ecosystem, it's going to cause a misbalance. Mm. So there are specific clinical conditions where, yes, I'm going to be um, saying, I want you to supplement with this bacteria because it might help your irritable bowel or might help the fact that you're on antibiotics. It's going to populate your bacteria with this Um, your intestine with this bacteria because your antibiotics are particularly working that. But for general healthy people who are not necessarily experiencing extreme gut issues, I would just say eat fermented foods to repopulate your gut bacteria. So that means things like BioLive yogurt, Mm -hmm. kefir, which Mm. is quite trendy, right? A lot of the research is on kind of kefir. Kimchi. Exactly. Sauerkraut. So, uh, exactly. So, yeah. a lot of the traditional diets yeah. around the world. So, kimchi comes from Korea, sauerkraut comes mm. from Germany. Mm. So, um, in Zambia, I grew up in Zambia, and we have, uh, again, a fermented milk that mm. we naturally would have in our traditional diets. It seems to be that lots of traditional diets contain these fermented foods. I actually really like live yogurt. It's Do one you? of my favorite things. Me too. Your With honey. Sourdough bread as well, artisanal, yes. proper sourdough bread yes. counts. With butter and marmite, yeah. there oh, you with go. With butter and marmite. <laughs> <laughs> and also maybe unpasteurized foods. Do we Are we supposed to eat those? That's the other fashionable thing. Yeah, so I guess with that, again, you know, you always have to be careful where it's kind of coming from because it, whilst it's unpasteurized, you could just it might get come listeria. With, with bacteria, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that yeah. could cause you to be sick. So again, um, yeah, yeah, fine balance. So again, you're maybe looking at some some cheeses, for example, are called fermented foods, but we know cheeses come with a lot of saturated mm. fats. So again, what is that balance? And you as an individual, what works best for you? We could do like a whole series. Yes, we could. We it's could. Can we do that? Brilliant. Can yes. we do Because I have so many more questions yes. which I haven't yes. asked. But thank you so much. Thank that you. was absolutely brilliant, Dr. Linia. And thank you. My absolute pleasure. If you enjoy listening to the half hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces, and more. If you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag. Imogen, how's it going with Elon? <laughs> I am still locked out of Twitter. Great. Okay. Yes, yes. Well, honestly, I have to say, after last week's disaster with Ron DeSantis, did you hear that? No. Ron DeSantis, the person who's trying oh, yes. to become the president of yes. the United States of America, decided to launch his presidential bid on Twitter. Oh, yes, I saw and, that. And it went really badly wrong because basically the whole of Twitter went down. Right. So Elon really can't yeah. organise so a piss-up in a brewery. I don't think you blame yourself. No. I don't think you should. Good. Anyway, you have been listening to The Fever Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and social media bereft Imogen Edwards-Jones. Thank you for listening. Social media pariah, I should say. 